morning. The roller coaster week for Nick Kyrgios has taken a new turn with the news he'll advance into the final of Wimbledon. It makes him Australia's first men's Grand Slam finalist since 2005 after Rafael Nadal withdrew due to injury. Sarah Greenalt reports from London. Well, Rafael Nadal is a 22-time Grand Slam champion. Already this year, he has won the Australian Open and the French Open, but he says he was not thinking about titles today. He was thinking about his own happiness and respect for his own body, knowing that he couldn't go on to win another two matches. He suffered a 7-millimetre abdominal tear during his uh, quarterfinal match that went on for five sets. Somehow, he managed to push through the pain on Wednesday. That is despite both his dad and his sister urging him at various stages throughout that match to retire. Today, he took to the practice courts away from the cameras to have a think. He says he thought about it all day before deciding to call a press conference. I made my decision because I, I believe that I can't win two matches uh, under, this circu under, under these circumstances. It's obvious that if I keep going, the, the injury gonna going to be worse and worse. So with Nadal pulling out, Nick Kyrgios is now automatically through to his first ever Grand Slam final. The 27-year-old and Nadal are fierce rivals, but Kyrgios has posted on his Instagram in the past few hours. He's put up a photo of the two of them saying, different players, different personalities. I hope your recovery goes well and we all hope to see you healthy soon. Till next time, Kyrgios's current girlfriend has also posted saying, finals of Wimbledon, this is insane. I love you and we all can't wait to see you out there with all of our support. Kyrgios will be going up against either Novak Djokovic or Cameron Norrie, depending on who wins that semi-final. It was only yesterday that the 27-year-old had said that he thought that ship had sailed in terms of his career. Now he will be playing on Sunday for the Wimbledon title. Thank you, Sarah. There's been an urgent rescue this morning to free a whale off the Gold Coast. These pictures from the Seven News helicopter as SeaWorld rescuers carried out the delicate operation for the third time this week that this has happened off the southeast of Queensland. Reporter Georgia Costi joins us this morning. Georgia, has the whale been set free? Good morning, Sally. It has, after an hour-long rescue mission, it all started at about 6.30 this morning when locals noticed the whale struggling and in distress off the coast of Kira Beach. SeaWorld and fishery crews raced out, and as you can see in these pictures gathered by the Seven News Chopper, it was a very challenging rescue. That is an eight-metre humpback, and it was thrashing around, but SeaWorld say it is a dangerous job they must do. Thankfully, the whale was able to swim away uninjured. But the concerning thing is that this is now the third whale this week which has become entangled in southeast Queensland waters. That particular net at Kira has tangled two of those whales. This season we are expecting to see even more pass through our coastline as their population grows, around 35,000. And because of the weather we're seeing in the La Nina pattern, these whales are also going to be swimming closer to the coastline than they normally do. So Sally, while this rescue did have a happy ending. SeaWorld crews are prepared for many more this season. That's not good news. All right, thanks for that, Georgia. Boris Johnson has given in to pressure, announcing he's resigning as British Prime Minister. The Conservative Party leader was left with no other choice after more than 50 ministers within his party resigned, protesting over a series of scandals. I know that there will be many people who are relieved and uh, perhaps quite a few who will also be disappointed. And I want you to know how sad I am to be giving up the best job 
in the world. But oh, them's God. the brakes. Miley Hogan has this report from outside number 10. Boris Johnson caved to the pressure, finally falling on his sword. More than 50 MPs handed in their resignation, ministers, junior ministers, before he finally, reluctantly, came out the front of Downing Street to deliver his resignation speech. In it, he did mention uh, his achievements, what he sees as his achievements, including Brexit, the vaccine rollout and standing up to Putin's aggression. But there was no mention of any of the scandals that have rocked uh, Downing Street, including Partygate. He did not take any personal responsibility for his demise. He did talk about the MPs who targeted him, delivering a verdict on them, calling them a herd. But as we've seen uh, at Westminster, uh, the herd instinct is powerful. When the herd moves, it moves. And my friends, in politics, no one is remotely indispensable. Boris Johnson says he will stay Prime Minister until his party can elect a new leader. That process can take weeks leading into months. Some MPs are calling for that process to now be accelerated. By Monday, we should have a more clear time frame of how that process will work. But at this stage, it could be September before the UK has a new Prime Minister. And Prime Minister Anthony Albanese has described the demise of Mr Johnson as unfortunate. The outgoing British leader was a strong driver of Australia's nuclear submarine agreement with the UK and US, but our PM says he expects no change in direction. Well, we have an important relationship with the UK, of course. We have developed the AUKUS pact between Australia, the United States and the United Kingdom. Uh, we have such close personal links. We have close defence ties, close business ties. And it is absolutely critical uh, that that uh, continue in, in a seamless fashion. I'm certain that it will. Also this morning, Mr Albanese has declared a reset of the relationship between Australia and New Zealand following a meeting with Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern. Political reporter Taylor Aiken is live in Canberra for us this morning. Morning to you, Taylor. What did the leaders discuss? Sally, good morning. Well, both leaders vowed to strengthen the relationship between Australia and New Zealand by working closer on key e economic issues. Anthony Albanese and Jacinda Ardern committing to annual bilateral meetings, both at a leadership level but also at a ministerial level, with a particular focus on combating climate change. Anthony Albanese also promising to build more pathways so that more New Zealanders who are temporary residents living in in Australia can become citizens. But he didn't back down on Australia's policy to deport New Zealand-born criminals, saying the practice will continue but that each case will be assessed individually. Common sense should apply and we'll, we'll act as friends and we'll work through uh, those issues in a common sense way. What we've been seeking is common sense and the spirit of friendship and that's what Prime Minister Albanese spoken to today. Meanwhile, Foreign Minister Penny Wong will sit down with her Chinese counterpart Wang Ji on the sidelines of the G20 Foreign Ministers meeting in Bali today. It is the first time the pair have met and is another step forward in rebuilding the relationship with Beijing. Russia's invasion of Ukraine is likely to dominate the agenda of that meeting, with Anthony Albanese also foreshadowing a showdown between Russia and G20 countries at the leaders' 
summit this November. The Prime Minister saying the world needs to send a clear message that illegal invasions of sovereign nations will not be tolerated and that Russia should be held responsible for alleged war crimes. Sal? OK, thank you very much, Taylor. Thousands of residents across Sydney's flood zones will begin the extraordinary task of cleaning up for the third time in 18 months. Reporter Bill Hogan is with us this morning at Windsor, where water is starting to recede. Good morning. Well, the Windsor Bridge has well and truly revealed itself today, but it may be some time until it reopens. Right now, structural engineers are checking it over for damage as well as giving it a good clean. But the roads on the other side of the Hawkesbury River are completely damaged and maybe uh, days until they are repaired. Many are still inundated or damaged. That may delay the process of reconnecting cut-off communities to the mainland. The clean-up continued for so many today. RFS volunteers going door-to-door -door in McGrath's Hill, helping families ravaged by yet another flood. Recovery comes with a warning from the SES and the Bureau of Meteorology today. Strong winds are forecast for the next few days. The concern is that may pose a danger with debris strung high up in trees and homes in saturated grounds. The advice is be mindful when you are given the all clear to return to your area with safety issues and concerns still in place.